Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and Talking Rock is back. Third time is the charm here. We are on our third RSS feed. The show has been resurrected by Joey Haney and Chris Cat. Um, big thanks to those guys. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just psyched to be here hanging with Joey. Joey, how are you? It's great to talk rock with you once again, Mark. I'm great. Yeah, this is, really is our third RSS feed um, for the the little podcast that that could or maybe should. I'm glad we're we're back, and thanks to you and Chris for offering to kind of take over some of the the production of Talking Rock and uh, to get us back on course here. Well, it's an honor to be associated with Talking Rock and just you in general, Mark. So we're happy to do it. Yeah, cool, cool. And one thing I. I I don't know if you've noticed, Joey, but I, I'm trying to sound. I got a comment that I sounded sleepy uh, on iTunes. I think it was <laughs> iTunes reviews, uh, or that I was sounding bored during the interviews. Which, which, you know, maybe there have been a few interviews lately where I was bored. But I'm definitely uh, trying to do these podcasts when I'm not exhausted and I have a little bit more energy in me. So, uh, you know, I listen. Leave us a review here on Talking Rock and let us know what you think. And I read all the reviews, the good, the bad, the ugly, and there's there's a bunch of each of those. So please leave Talking Rock a review on iTunes and uh, give us, uh, you know, tweet us out to your friends and spread the word that the Talking Rock podcast is back. And I have a site called TalkingRock.net. Joey, what, where's the best site for people to reach you? Well, all of the uh, podcasts that I'm affiliated with are on cnjradio.com. Cool. That's the best place to do it. Excellent. Excellent. So what's going on? Well, I thought this is probably the most interesting topic involving current rock music that I could think of to talk about for our relaunch episode here. And this literally just kind of jumped out at me. I know that this has been in a lot of people's brains lately, but... I, I'm just really fascinated by the fact, and, and this isn't a hateful statement either, because I'm a big fan of this band, and I'm sure you are too, Mark. But I would have never guessed that a band that, for all intents and purposes, died, you know, about 27 years ago, has become the biggest rock band in the world again, including the United States, uh, which is Queen. Right. And I mean, it's you know, I don't think anybody expected. Maybe the powers that be did, but I don't think anybody expected the the bohemian rhapsody movie to relaunch queen in quite the way that it has and i i, I just think it's a big the probably the biggest surprise of the year for me and that's not me underselling queen once again big fan but i was just blown away because i was like trying to think of something to talk about this week with you literally just kind of scaling around like billboard.com and stuff like that trying to find news and then i went a let, let's see what the rock bands are doing so i looked up the top 50 rock singles on billboard this week the week of december 1st 2018 and queen owns 16 of the 50 slots oh my god really that's incredible that's incredible and that's got to be 100 percent from the movie right yeah because I, I guess it counts because it's on a current release that you know like the bohemian rhapsody movie soundtrack so every song on this soundtrack is in the top 50 of billboard rock singles, including the live improv bit that Freddie does with the fans during live aid. Right. Like right. that's yeah. like number 48 or something like that. But 
I, I was, I'm just, uh, you know, Queen is the biggest rock band in the world right now. They're not even, you know, you know, all these other attempts at resurrecting the brand and the name and going on tour again, you know, none of those things could do what this one movie has. Yeah. And I'm just blown away by it. It is, it is mind blowing that a band that in their heyday was not the was not the cool band like the cool kids did not like queen that later that that changed you know and and they became yeah. more respected but much much like journey they they were like very frowned upon by the the rock critics and you know they were more a, a suburban middle america uh, band or that's not where they were from but that's who they appealed to and yeah, yeah it's it's you know it's amazing that they today, so many years later, are, are are just viewed in such high artistic and critical acclaim, which they should be, you know. But they're a band that that people laughed at them. People did not, you know, when Bohemian Rhapsody came out, it wasn't really viewed as as a, a masterpiece by a lot of the music community. It was viewed as more of a, a silly song. And I think when Bowie did uh, under pressure with them it did give them a little more street cred but they still weren't viewed as as the cool band and i i, I really feel that that started to happen at more after live aid and and especially more after freddie died or you know the wayne's world time where where that the you know the guys singing the song in the car i mean that definitely uh yeah. catapulted them to a, a new level of coolness if you will and there were so many bands yeah. like that, these 70s era bands that in the 70s, they were the dorks. I mean, and they weren't the, the cool bands. You were, I'm talking the big ones, Queen, Kiss, Sabbath. And, and then it was some point yeah, like in the, the yes, 90s yes where they became Rush. the cool ones. Yeah, exactly. Like the Yes and Rush fans also, right. they kind of got lumped in with those guys. And despite them having and, – and Journey is a great parallel that you've made there – uh, Journey, tons of hit singles. Journey, uh, Queen had tons of hit singles that are synonymous with, you know, classic rock radio. So we're not, you know, discounting what they did as far as their success. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Live Aid definitely helped them in America. But at the same time, they talked about this in one of their documentaries I saw years ago, is that they stopped touring America. So they actually lost America, really, right. for the most part. Their records did okay. But even as a kid from the MTV generation like I am, they weren't really spinning Queen videos past like 85 or 86. They didn't air hardly anything off of the Miracle. I remember that just getting ignored completely. And they didn't start paying attention to the Innuendo videos until Freddie died. So, and then this Definitely. is a channel that wanted to, you know, hey, we're going to air the Freddie tribute concert. It's like you kind of gave up on him years ago. I mean, I get it, but, you yeah. know, it's. It's a, been a weird up and down journey with the popularity of Queen. And the fact that now Bohemian Rhapsody is a single, I believe, is now charted three times since its release as a single. And I think it's hit number one every time as well. I'm, I could be wrong about that, but I know it's definitely like been massively successful for now in its third run, which is I, I don't I can't tell you another song that's done that before. Yeah. So. Did you see the movie, Joey? I, you know, I, I knew you were going to ask. I still haven't seen it yet. Mm. I was initially down on the movie even taking place because, I, you know, I heard a lot of things and rumors. But, you know, a lot of people that I trust now are saying that, you know, it's at least worth watching. 
So I am yeah. going to finally go see it probably this week. Uh, you said you saw it, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, Emily and I review it on a, a recent episode of, of Talking Metal. Talking Metal, I think it's episode 783. And I went in yes. there, you know, I wasn't one of the guys who saw the, the trailer and was like, oh, this is going to be great. I went in there kind of thinking this might not be very good. And I walked out pleasantly surprised. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you go in there, um, and I don't want to give too much too much of it away to you, but if you go in there thinking that this is going to be an accurate representation of of Queen history, you're going to the wrong movie because, like any of these movies, this is a, a Hollywood um, based on a true story type of thing. This isn't if you want sure. if you want the facts. Not that you get facts because they even twist the facts in documentaries and stuff. But this is not a documentary. This is a drama. This is a, about yeah. um, the you know enhancing the excitement levels. And if you go in there and you're like, well, wait a minute, that song came out at a different time and this is mixed up and that this you know the timelines off you will be disappointed if you go in with just an open mind like okay i'm going to get the basic gist of this band and experience some great incredible sound design one of the 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 sound design on the movie and the way it's mixed i don't know how they did it but it is like nothing i've ever heard before um whoever was the team of audio mix- mixers and sound engineers on this, they deserve uh, an award because it is mind-blowing what they did with uh, the Queen tracks. I'm guessing they had isolated vocal tracks and guitar tracks and stuff. I don't know you know, if they had other singers yeah. come in to do stuff. I don't know how they did the Live Aid stuff. I know there's with technology, there's amazing things you can do with even a straight stereo mix now where you can kind of isolate different instruments. But it, it is, as as a guy who works in the TV business and does a lot of audio work and stuff, I was literally blown away with the, the audio work on the movie. And it, listen, you can't go wrong with Queen music, so you're getting hit over the head sure. with that left and right throughout the whole thing. Again... I have friends who didn't like it. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, there was all those uh, pre-production rumors you were hearing about, you know, with the the uh, on again, off again with Sasha Baron Cohen being a part of it. And then he went on Howard Stern a few years ago and buried them talking about, you know, what they intended to do with the film. Can you give me at least one spoiler, though, just so I'm mm. not afraid is if uh, Freddie doesn't die halfway through the film, does he? No, no. Which is what Sasha had said they were gonna. They wanted to. They had this yeah. whole section after he died. No, he, he does not. Uh, actually, I'm trying to think of how it ends. I, I, he, okay, here's a spoiler. I mean, it ends at Live Aid, and we know Queen okay. went on for a, a, a long. Well, not a long time, but they. What What did they have after that point? Like at Six least years. two two records, right? Yeah, so uh, they did Miracle. Well, actually, pretty much A Kind of Magic was around that time when they did yeah. it. And then they did uh, then they did Miracle, and then they did In Your Window. Yeah. So. Well, it basically ends at Live Aid, and, and you know, we know that what the show must go on that was on Innuendo, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that was a great, right. great tune off that record. I, it was a, I remember I had bought that on cassette. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so so they don't even touch that they it it Mm. basically ends at live aid um and what a great place to end it because 
no doubt Queen stole the show that day and they weren't supposed to, you know. It was all yeah. about, you know, the up and comers and U two and the 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 classic rock, you know, Led Zeppelin getting back together and, and nothing compared yeah. to the show that that Queen put on that day. And that's basically where the movie climaxes and and ends and and it's great. It's great. I really uh, had fun and like I said Fifty percent, if not more, of the the movie is music, and and you can't go wrong with Queen music. That's a good way to be, and that's what any good music biopic should be. They should, you know, ride the wave of you know real and and entertainment. And, and to me, the standard bearer for music biopics is Ray, the Ray Charles movie. Yeah, and yeah, that was a good one. I'm also big. I'm also big on La Bamba too, but I know it's not as epic kind of looking, but right. I still like La Bamba. What about but the Ray old, is, old yeah. one, uh, the Buddy Holly story? Remember that one? That one was good. Buddy, yeah, Buddy Holly story, Gary Busey, that's good too. Did you uh, like the Doors? Think, you know what? I actually do like the Doors. I do too, I know yeah. that it's like mostly fiction, but I, I, it's a, it's an entertaining movie as all get out and – yeah, actually, like I think that even convinces people that aren't even fans for a while that they may at least want to buy greatest hits. Yeah, so, which is what any good music biopic should do. Absolutely. So. Cool. Cool. So, what else we're we going to talk about today? We got a couple other things, right? Yeah, I mean, so piggybacking on the Queen thing, I I was like, is this kind of a burial of modern rock and how you know? new rock bands are perceived on radio whenever a band that doesn't really exist anymore is ruling the radio scene. And when I looked at the rest of those charts, I was just like, huh, wow. It's just, I mean, I know for years and years now, especially the better part of this decade or maybe the last two decades, you know, rock music in general on a mainstream level has been in trouble. Uh, in, in that sad case that there's great bands out there and there's great new bands coming out all the time, but they're not getting the proper attention. Do you think that the rock fandom is maybe almost too toxic to support any decent bands that might get through, you know, like uh, a good example is Greta Van Fleet. Of course, they're one of the big heavy hitters right now where a lot of people think they're a, a bright light of hope for rock music. And then there's other people that think they're just completely derivative and not worth anybody's time. I was actually right. curious, Mark. I know you're a huge Zeppelin fan. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't talk about Greta Van Fleet without talking about Led Zeppelin, of course. Uh, what do you think about this band? And be be honest, because that's what I like about your work. Right. Well, you know, I I thought the the Pitchfork review was was quite hilarious which where they got like less than less than one out of ten on on the new record and they were just destroyed in in that and i don't know if that's what you mean by toxic because you know pitchfork obviously their whole thing is they're snobs you know and and uh yeah yeah and i hate pitchfork like i think that they're as bad to music as like american idol was to music i think they're just equally as bad in a different way totally. but i get the entertainment value of pitchfork but anybody who takes them as gospel is like Ugh. but at the same yeah but please continue i want to hear this uh rest of this review yeah well, well greta von fleet for me um is a band that i've listened to a number of their 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 songs and have tried to really really well i guess let me let me back step a minute i've i've wanted sure, sure. not tried i've wanted to like them 
Like, I really, really do. And I don't dislike them, but there's nothing that really hits me where I'm just like, okay, this is awesome. You know, and I'm not, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're good. They're good for sure, but nothing that really has sucked me in and just like thrown me to my knees like freaking ghost, you know, does. Um, yeah. Nothing. Exactly. But yet, having said that, I respect anybody under the age of, of 35 that is out there playing guitar and making original music and obtaining a fan base because this is what we need to keep this alive because it's nothing makes me sadder than going to see like i remember specifically the winery dogs when i saw them it probably like six years ago at this point and just everybody in the audience was an old fat bald white guy you know it just was so depressing i I, there were no females no nobody under the age of 40 and and i thought you know that first winery dogs record was absolutely stunning i thought it was great uh and and so having said that if if any of these younger bands and i've been going out of my way to put younger bands we got another one coming up real soon on talking metal any any younger band any band under the age of 35 that's out there playing guitar driven heavy rock i i give them all the props in the world and greta von fleet for for sure if you know if i don't get it that's fine as long as younger people are enjoying their music and this is a band that can play guitar. They can deliver that classic sound, but in a with a fresh spin to a new, younger audience. And I do think it's very hard for young kids to get fired up about seeing a super old man on stage. To see a 60-something-year-old man on stage, no matter how good he sounds... Now, yeah. it, 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 it's very hard for kids to relate to that. And I saw that with my own kids who are 8 and 10 when we saw the latest Spider-Man movie. They were really so-so about going into it, going in to see it. And I was like, come on, it's Spider-Man. Fucking Spider-Man's the greatest. And then we got in there, and they freaking loved the thing. And I said, well, what did you like most about it? And they said, Daddy, we didn't know he was a teenager. You know, we didn't yeah. – we thought he was old. We thought he was old. And and I was like, no, no, <laughs> Spider-Man's a... Yeah, and, and there's something to be said that in order for young kids, and I mean, they're the same age, 8 and 10. That's when I got into Kiss, you know? It's hard for young kids, teenagers, and even 20-somethings to relate to, to think some 60-something-year-old man on stage blaring music is sexy they they just it's like he and it's not sexy it's it's but you go back you look at led zeppelin you look at the great bands even like a skinnerd or something i mean those guys were sexy on stage and it was i'm not just talking about the physical sense i'm talking about more than anything their sound and and the way they related to to the audience and we need guitar-driven rock that can relate to a younger generation to keep this ship sailing because, you know, the winery dogs aren't doing it. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, some of the best musicians, you know, in the world, those guys, of course. All yeah. Credit Great due, songs. But yeah, I, I'm from that side of the argument, like, I just think it's a shame that it's that band that's getting pushed through, that's on a major, that's being, you know, they got the payola on the radio going for them. And, you know, hey, I'm all for payola, 
at the same point, I'm just like, there's so many other bands that are in that age bracket right. that are better. Like who? And they, well, like I always try to help. So I always have a ready-made answer. But it, when people say Greta Van Fleet, I just say Scorpion Child. That's the band you want to be yeah. listening to. I think you turned they're from, uh, they're great. from yeah, they're, yeah, they're from they're from Austin, Texas, and yes, they obviously like their Zeppelin, but they also like their Sabbath, and they also like their Glenn Hughes Deep Purple era. So okay. that's three bands I could point to while I'm listening to them, and not just one band. So they're not just a Led Zeppelin clone or a Led clone, as uh, Gary Moore once said, and or Ozzy also. Yeah, <laughs> but. When I hear Scorpion Child, I get inspired. I have hope for rock music, and that's just, I'm just, without trying to come off too snobby, I'm just trying to help listen to that band instead of the other band. I mean, Do they have any new material out? Because they, they are a great band. I mean, you turned me on to them a number of years back, and awesome. Their latest album, Massive Roulette, is a couple of years old now. I think maybe even right. three years. They're due for a new album, yeah, so hopefully so. 2019 will be the year. Maybe Maybe they're on the verge. Who knows? I mean, they're... They're associated with Nuclear Blast right now and something else, but so I don't think they're going to get played on the radio, sadly. That's the sad reality of it. It just depends on who your label is. you know. Sadly, the Biters just uh, went on hiatus this year, which basically means broke up for the most part. Okay. And, uh, and you know, so like uh, some of these newer bands, and so I, we just lost one this year, but, you know, it's cliche, but it's true. There are great bands out there, but as a rock fan, you have to really be, uh, you just have to be digging for them now. That's the sad reality, because you're not going to hear them on Terrestrial. You're barely going to hear them on Satellite, honestly, as much as I'm a Satellite guy. You know, there's not one channel on Sirius that is like new rock. Like there's a new metal channel almost, but there's not a new rock channel. Isn't that odd? It is odd, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, th- there's little places where stuff slips through. I know, like on Ozzy's Boneyard, Jim Florentine uh, has a show, and and he basically, when he does his show, they kind of step outside their their comfort zone, and and he or well, he steps outside their comfort zone, and he, yeah. he gets to kind of spin what he wants. And I've heard him play younger bands and and deeper cuts on his show, um, and. I, I, his show I really, good. it's definitely worth. Yeah, I really enjoy yeah. his show. You know, on the flip side, it's serious, and there's a lot of people out there who want to hear on Ozzy's Boneyard. They want to hear Stranglehold. They want to hear the boys are back in town. They want to hear, you know, the Ozzy stuff. So it's like when they hear some obscure, accept uh, 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 song or or a newer band or something on on Florentines, they risk the possibility that the soccer mom in freaking, you know, Tuna Fish, Ohio is going to not want to listen to that because it's not something in her repertoire. No offense to soccer moms in Tuna Fish, Ohio, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's like I get both sides of it. It's like, you gotta, you gotta keep the listeners engaged. But on the the flip side, it's like, we definitely needed an outlet for rock. I mean, we have a station in, uh, kind of like north new jersey but it's quite a quite a ways from new york city you can't you can't pick it up uh in new york city called wdha and i will give them credit because they play a lot of like they play a lot of the same old shit over and over again but then they'll they they do a real good job at slipping in new songs uh be it by you know older established artists or uh younger bands um they they do a good job wdha 104 
105.5 FM in New Jersey uh, is definitely worth a listen. And But yeah, I mean, that's why I think podcasts are so important because especially yeah. the ones that have the guts to play some music, you know, it's like you're not going to hear a lot of this new rock anywhere else. Yeah, I like how guys like us who are podcasters are actually still rooting for radio to succeed almost in a way because that means that rock music is succeeding. And so we're actually rooting for them, weirdly enough, even though it's not in our interest to. But until until the public decides that radio is no longer relevant, or at least terrestrial radio is no longer relevant, then it does matter. And that's, that, that is the sad reality of it. I wish, uh, like any of these rock stations, whether it's satellite or terrestrial, they should do what Z-Rock used to do back in the day, and that is do old stuff for an hour and new stuff for an hour. And then do and then have your regular format, yeah. you know, the rest, the rest of the day. And that's that's at least something. I used to never miss new stuff for an hour on Z-Rock because that's how I got turned on to a lot of cool bands. And since I'm that audience that wants to know about cool new bands, I made a point to tune into it. So that's all they have to do is program their channel accordingly that way. It's, it's yes. very simple. Yep. They have old Z-Rock guys working on those serious stations. And you know someone said something at some point. Yeah, like uh, I know at least Dangerous Darren is on there. He was a Z-Rock guy. And uh, I always love hearing him on there. He works both the Aussie and the uh, Hair Nation channels. So. Oh, does he? I don't. I don't know. Dangerous Darren's. On, he's on Aussie's Bone. Yeah, Dangerous Darren. Yeah, he uh, works the. I think he's kind of a fill-in guy, but he's right. mostly a Hair Nation guy. So and, shout and, out to Dangerous Darren. And so he was on Z Rock back in the day. See, I lived in Chicago, and we used to get it cranked up. Uh, I guess. I guess it, I don't know if it was syndicated, but we had Z Rock briefly in the Chicago suburbs. And it was out of Texas, right? Where in Texas was it? Yeah. Houston, Houston, or no, it was Dallas, Texas. Dallas, uh, they yeah. had a little basement. Yeah, they had a little basement down somewhere. I still don't know where they actually broadcast from, but it was definitely in Dallas because they used to do remotes out here all the time, and I went to a few of them. So. Wow, dangerous, Darren. How old do you think he is? <laughs> uh, he's, I'd say he's probably in his sixties. Uh, I'd say late, late, late forties, early fifties, if I had to guess. Really? Because he was okay, pretty that young. young? Yeah. Wow. He, well, and the, some of the more vetted guys there are probably closer to the 50, 60 range now, but he was one of the younger guys there. So. I'm, like, I'm like, you know, being, I'm in my late 40s now, I'm like, that young in this late 40s? Wow, that's really spring chicken. <laughs> you got a new yeah. friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what, so uh, what other younger bands, uh, you mentioned Greta, but who else is kind of um, sparking your interest or other people's interest at, that's, at this point? I mean, like, I was trying to – the ones I was coming up with were kind of like you not said Scorpion Child. dogs old, but I did say Scorpion Child. But, you know, and we're both big Night Flight Orchestra fans, but, you know, those guys are in their – probably their 40s now. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's so radio-friendly. It's too bad that they're not taking a chance on them, you know? Yeah. What about the struts? So you listen you know, to them? I, you I like was going to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So I – you know, and this is, you know, personal taste, but I, I do like the stretch. I think they actually have something and I, I like listening to their records and, you know, I was having a conversation actually with a couple of the guys from the biters at the rocket pot expo this year. We were talking about the struts and he was like, that band's even better than you even hear on the record because you know, they're on a, I think they're on RCA. So he was like saying they want to be queen. Like it's in them and they're good enough to do it, but they're actually being shackled you know, almost creatively, but they still put out good songs, but there's more potential there than you're actually hearing. So he's like, definitely support those guys. Cause okay. they, they get it and they, 
they do mean it and i think that's one of that's definitely a better example of a newer rock band they have i think they got the tools but hopefully uh, they'll stick around yeah i gotta dig in a little deeper i mean people i respect dave grohl right eddie trunk yeah my wife mm-hmm. Emily Striegel, they they all like that band, and I've kind of been a little resistant. I've Emily's played me some stuff, and I've kind of been like, eh, it's cheese ball. I don't, you know. So I, I I don't know. There's there's something about about them that has uh, kept me, and I can't put my finger on it, but has kept me from totally diving in and even giving them a chance. I'm not sure why. I, d- I don't know why. Um, but there's there's something about them I'm a little like, eh. I, uh, is, there's kind of a cheese factor, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely campy. Like I said, um, they're, you know, that goes back to that Queen influence that they were talking about. It, you're going to get campy in there. You're going to get a lot of pop in there. And they're definitely very pop-oriented, like super-duper pop-oriented. So... Sometimes if you're in the mood to hear a little bit heavier rock, you may not get that with them. But uh, what I'm hearing, and I still have yet to see them live, apparently they really bring it live. So I would definitely be inclined to buy a ticket to see them at some point if I get the chance. Yeah, cool. I know Emily wants to see them. They they recently played in New York. We missed them. But yeah, man, I'd like to... uh give them a chance. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm all for any any younger guys who are out there keeping this art form alive and it, it it's what we need. We need to embrace the youth which to me is anybody under 30 who's out there doing this. We really really need to give them all the props, all the support that they need to keep guitar-driven rock and roll alive. Yeah, and the the more we hear these kind of bands like that fit that bill, we will report them here on yeah. Talking Rock. Cool. Yeah, that's a deal. Let's definitely do that. All right, man. So, well, we're about it. We're trying to keep these to about 30 minutes and, and then play a little music to take us out. Um, having said that, Joey, maybe we kind of wind things up here. Is any Anything else you want to talk about before we sign off? No, I I, I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, and and I was going to say this while we were on the Queen subject earlier. I forgot to, but you kids out there, and I don't care how young or youngish you are, if you're just getting into Queen, you got to dig deep on them because it's a very rewarding experience. Yeah. It's not just about the singles. They were an album-oriented band. Every one of their albums are like these journeys to like take you on. It's not just Night at the Opera. It's all of their records they don't i mean you know maybe the exception of hot space they don't really have a bad album yeah so dig deep on that those i mean guys. even even so like i was such a big fan of the flash gordon record and and that yeah. was a record that you that i as a kid that was one of the first you know when i was a little kid that was i was all i would listen to was kiss and my parents were so desperate to get me to listen to something besides kiss and and to their credit they got me into sticks because they were like the guy at the record store said you might like sticks if you like Kiss. The guy at the record store said you might like Queen if you like you know uh, Kiss. So they they bought me those records and in that Flash Gordon record, which a lot of people shun by Queen, that's a journey. You put it on from start to finish. It it takes you on a ride, and there's so much great stuff on that. The game. News of the world. News man. of like, the world. Yeah, and for, man. I mean, that and is a, that's the album that's known for being the one that has you know the top of "We Will Rock You" and "We Are the Champions." But if you've got to listen past those two songs, because those are some of the best songs they ever did. It's your heart attack, all dead. It's late. Cool. 
Cool. Yeah. So and man, yeah, they they'd be rewarded by digging deep. So I said, let's either do, let's end on, I guess what the kids would consider a deep Queen song, or we could do a Scorpion Child song. Uh, your your pick. Ah, go with Queen. Pick one out. Oh, okay. Well, tell you what, I just mentioned it, so let's go ahead and uh, close off with Sheer Heart Attack from News of the World. Go get that whole album. Well, you're just I'm not gonna lie. 